Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Here we are. We've made it episode 100. How about that? Thanks for everybody who's joined us on this journey of podcasts. We look forward to the next 100 podcasts getting even better and better. We're going to dive in today to Hebrews chapter 12. Man, Hebrews, the whole book of Hebrews is so important. I love Hebrews 1. Hebrews 4 talks talks about rest. Hebrews 11, the chapter on faith. Hebrews 12 starts by saying, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Paul here is using an analogy of us being in a race. And so he's talking about weights and he gives two categories. He gives two things. He says, sin and weights. Too many people look over at this and they say, yeah, sin is a weight and it's going to hold you back. But here Paul has two different categories. God is saying there are sin, there is sin in some people's life and it will hold you back from fulfilling what God has called you to do. The first key, and it's such a key here, but the first, one of the first keys to understand to, to, to live free from sin is to understand that you're not alone. He says, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, you need to understand that there are people who've been where you are. If you're living in sin, the worst thing that you can do is keep it hidden, is to think the devil wants you to think that you're all alone, that you're the only person going through that. No one else has, has sinned. You're, you'll look at people around you and be like, they find it so easy to serve God, but I'm just, you know, I've become this terrible person. I do these things. I act like I love God and on a Sunday and then on a Wednesday, I'm doing these terrible things. And the devil wants you to think that you're alone. And the first thing you need to understand is there's other people who've been there as well. And God actually gives you, God gives you strength in other believers. You know, there's many people who never bring their sin to the light. They're smoking weed or they're doing whatever, and it stays hidden. And so people are like, they, they want to act like they have it all together, but they want to avoid the embarrassment of their sin coming to light. And I want to tell you, if that's you, if you're in that case, no matter what the sin is, if you're hiding what you're doing and no one in, in that's your spiritual authority knows, you're fighting the devil on his terms. You're on his home court in the darkness and he's, and he tries to seclude you because for us, it's an embarrassment. It's a shame, but he tries to draw you off. And that's where he has a chance to take you out. What the devil doesn't want is that you bring it to the light and you bring it to light. When I was a teenager, there was sin that I dealt with. And I remember so clearly Pastor Adonica preaching and it was a night service. And she talked about the devil wants to fight in the darkness. You've got to bring it to the light. And I remember deciding that day, I'm going to make myself accountable. I'm going to tell somebody and get, get someone that I'm accountable to for this. And that was the beginning of my exit from that life of sin. You know, the first thing too is understanding that you're not alone, but that God and someone needs to hear this, but you aren't what you do. You aren't what you do. The Bible says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You aren't you aren't what the mistakes that you've made. We talked about that on a previous podcast, looking back, looking forward, and one on identity before that. But people have this idea of like, oh, you know, I'm schizophrenic, or oh, I'm an alcoholic, or oh, you know, I'm just a screw up, or I'm oh, just... That's why I always say you're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner. Now you have been saved by grace. Now you're the righteousness of God. Because what do alcoholics do? They drink alcohol, right? It's who they are. It's their identity. But God says, you're not 
not of this world. The moment you got born again, you became a different creature. You're a new creature in Christ. Yes, you have actions that are out of line with your identity. In the same way a prince can have a, you know, a moment of relapse and go eat out of a, a moment of, of whatever and go eat out of a trash can, but he's still a prince. It doesn't change the fact that he's royalty. You are a child of God. You may have made some mistakes, but it's not who you are. You aren't a screw up. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so when you understand that, your actions begin to change. You are a child of God. But he's saying here, seeing that we are uh, compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside the weight and the sin. So there's two categories. There's weights and sins. Many people have figured out or many people get rid of the major sin in their life, but there's still weights that hold them back. And they may not even be sinful things, but they're just things that don't benefit you. They're things that if you understand you're meant to make progress in your relationship with God every week, every month, you're supposed to serve God full out. People make time for the most ridiculous things. People make time for entertainment, especially young people. Man, you, you, you're you in school, right? So you're in uh, middle school, high school, and you do your homework. You come home, you bring your homework, and you get it done as fast as you can. Why? So you can entertain yourself. Mom, I just want to go out and play basketball. Mom, I, you know, I want to play some video games. I want to watch TV. You're entertaining yourself, whatever that looked like. But when you become a grown-up, there needs to come a point where you say, I'm not living to entertain myself. I'm... I want to move forward in the things of God. You'll actually learn to love the things of God. I love studying the word. I love reading books about the word of God. I love I love filling my heart with the word of God. It's my favorite thing. But there comes times where these things pop up. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, for me, it was this whole Marvel thing, Marvel movies. And I started going back. I hadn't seen most of them and watching all these movies, which led to watching Marvel shows. And it's like this stuff comes in and it's not a sin. But when it's taking a lot of time that could be spent, it's becoming a weight. Hey, you're meant to move forward. And and seeing it now where I don't watch TV now, but looking back, and there was a time, you know, a couple months ago where I was allowing these things in my life weren't sinful, but just weren't beneficial, right? They're just things that didn't help me, right? They were neutral, but those are the weights many times. And for many people, the Lord's been speaking to you about weights that need to go, that you need to lay aside. So lay aside the weight that so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Man, how do you run with patience? What does that look like? He's saying pace yourself. You know, when I go and train, I'm training now for half marathon coming up in November and so that's 13 miles. So when we go and train, my, my buddy Troy and I, we've run up to, I think, nine and a half miles. It was maybe 10 miles was our longest that we ran. But we pace ourselves. You know, when I ran a 5K a few months ago, um, I, I, my 5K is three miles. So a marathon is 13 miles. So quite a bit difference. On the 5K, I ran seven minute and 20 second miles, which is my, which is a, for me, kind of a breakneck pace. Like I'm pushing it the whole time, like on the verge of cramps, like, fast, right? Like pushing it, like heavy breathing, pushing it. That's not a half marathon pace. Running at seven minutes and 20 seconds, I wouldn't have, I felt like I couldn't have even gone another two miles at that pace. Where normally when I run, I'm running nine minutes and 30 seconds and I can go 
to eight, nine, ten miles easily. I think I could go run a thirteen mile thing tomorrow as long as I do it at the right pace. You have to understand. Yes, we press into God. Yes, we go with our whole heart. But so many people expect the change in their life to happen overnight. When God is saying, "Have have patience, run with patience," I have a road set before you that you can rest in me. You can move forward with your whole heart, but you can rest in me. People a lot of times give up on things because they don't see the change immediately. I want to lose weight. I remember hearing about this lady who was at the gym. Someone saw her, saw them, and she, and very heavy lady, but at the gym went and they saw her walk over, weigh herself, go and get on the treadmill, walk for five minutes, walk back over, walk on the treadmill for five minutes, walk back over to the thing, weigh herself, and then like slapped her hands to her sides, like I'm not seeing anything happen, and walked over to her stuff and ate a donut. And it's like this is what people expect. Like I'm gonna do this work, and I'm gonna. It's going to happen automatically where God looks at those who through faith and patience inherit the promises, those who uh, just keep their faith switch turned on. Lord, I believe you today. I'm going to believe you tomorrow. In 2020, I'm going to believe you. In 2021, I'm going to believe you. And I'm going to stay the course run with patience. Verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, this is the key for us, looking unto Jesus. We're not Christians because it's just a good thing to be a Christians, a Christian. We're Christians because of Christ. He is the, the treasure and prize of salvation. He's, the, he's our joy. He's our reward. We're not doing this so we can just avoid hell. We're seeking him because he is God and he is wonderful. He's everything. We, we put our eyes on him. Don't lose touch with the reality that this is a love story that Jesus said in the book of Revelation, the one thing I have against you, your works are good, you hate what I hate, but the one thing I have against you is you've left your first love. Worship is a key to our life. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. The closer we get to that day, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our worship, keep our heart right. People that can't stand in worship for 20, 30, 40 minutes, there's an issue. It's because there, people get so focused on doing the work of the ministry, doing the work and doing the actions that they lose the heart of the fact that it's them and God. Like Paul said, the, everything that I had, I count as loss for the excellency of knowing him. What is the prize of life? It's knowing him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Nothing takes the place of you and him. It's your relationship with him that matters the most. He's wonderful. He's worthy. He's everything. He's our joy. He's our peace. Man, God is good. I I still find it crazy that God says, seek me and you will find me. Man, this isn't like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm Ryan. I'm going to look for my wife. I'm going to look for a woman to marry. It's a human looking for a human. This is the fact that we as humans can meet with God Almighty, that we as humans can find the God of the universe, the creator of the ends of the earth. Man can find God. Man, that's awesome to me. I'm on that pursuit now. I'm on that journey now. And I'm telling you, I'm never going to stop until I stand before him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. It says, and he despised the shame. What does that mean? Jesus in his life, you know, a cross hanging on a cross is a shameful thing. But Jesus decided that he wasn't going to let the shame of it, he wasn't going to let the fear of man 
change his decision. He felt those same feelings as us. He didn't, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't, the Bible says he was subject to all the same things, the feeling of, of wanting to please people. He's subject to these same things, but it says he despised the shame. He got a hatred in his heart for the fact that it was a shame. He looked at it and said, suffering for God is not a shame. It's a shame for man, but it's not a shame. It's what I'm called to do. Man may call this a shame to bleed out and die on a cross. Man may call this a shameful thing to go from the one who had all these followers to only 120 people, right? Man may call this a shame, but because God has called me to do it, I'm doing it. We need to understand as believers that God has called us to suffer persecution. If you're doing it right, you will suffer persecution. Your family members, wait, you're going to Bible school? Wait, you're going to give 10% of your income to that church? I was watching a thing by CNN and they were profiling Creflo Dollar and they're like, he's they were talking about him wanting this new jet. And then it says, Creflo Dollar has asked his parishioners to give 10% of their income uh, to their ministry. And it's like, what do you mean Creflo Dollar has asked his parishioners? The Bible says, give it, bring all the tithes in the storehouse. That's be like, Ryan Yosta has been asking people to repent and to ask God to forgive them. No, that's what the Bible says, you dummy. The, the, this is something that man, there are things that man look at as, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Wait, you're not going to drink alcohol? Come on, bro. Just drink some alcohol. The Bible says Jesus turned water into wine. First of all, you're uneducated. You haven't studied that. It's not the same thing. Secondly, anyone that God used in the, in the Old Testament and, and the Nazarenes, the people who were set us apart for God, were, were, were people who avoided alcohol. There's no good verses about alcohol. Take a little wine for your stomach. Again, uh, uneducated. There's a, there's a whole study you can do about what the one means. There's different types of what the one was called fresh grape juice, right? But they still use the same word, right? It was fresh squeeze. It was used the same word. We're not going to get into that today. But what do you mean you're not going to drink alcohol? Yeah, I'm just not touching it. People die because of alcohol. People want to get delivered from alcohol. P- alcohol leads people into... Alcohol makes strong in you what the Lord wants weak. It amplifies your flesh. It fits. It's, you know where you go to get it? You go to the place that sells spirits. Yeah. I only got one Holy, one spirit that I want. And that's the Holy spirit. Despise the thing that people look at as shameful. You have to get to the point where you hate the fact that it's shameful and you're saying, I'm man, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Man calls it shameful. God calls it my mission. I'm on it. Despising the shame. And then it says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. You know, this is encouraging us. Hey, just keep in mind that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. We've got this cloud of witnesses. Look at Jesus. He's the one who's going to, he's the author and finisher of your faith. But then understand, no matter what price you're paying to serve God, it's not as much as what Jesus paid. No matter how difficult it is, no matter what you're going through, it's not the price that Jesus paid. It's not. You didn't sweat drops of blood. You'll be okay. You're going to make it through. If there was grace for him, there's grace for you. God's looking to raise up people strong in the Lord and the power of his might, not held back by sin. We have to become, we have to become reckless in going after the getting rid of the sin and the weights in our lives, the things that hold us back. Too many people have not answered the call of God because they've allowed regular life, just normal day to day, you know, do this, do that, go home, do this, and they get in that routine and they never move forward. You should always be looking to advance in the kingdom of God. I love you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us on this, our 100th podcast. And we'll see you on the next 100. We love you. We'll see you soon.